This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to a mini-sode of Bananas. Hi, mm. Scotty. Hey, Curdy B. What's up, homeboy? How are you? It's another beautiful day in Los Angeles. It is. It's very pleasant. It's just like kind of the breezy. beginning. It's breezy, mm. and it's mm. the, it, the, the sun has not gotten to that point where you detest its existence, no. where it's just, it, it's oppressive. It's currently yes. just very pleasant. What it a time to so, be alive. So nice. Tell me about you. What's going on with you? I am so good. What's the coolest thing? Oh, so this will be good. You, you'll probably hear about this on the main pod. You'll definitely see it on Instagram. In my neighborhood in mm. Los Angeles, I live in Echo Park. I'm doxing myself. But there is a hill. There's a va- very famous hill. And where I, I take walks, um, there is a hill that's got about a 22 24% grade, which for those who can't <laughs> picture that... It's the fifth steepest street in North America. Oh, wow. You found out that? Yes. I Because somebody told me it was the steepest. There was this guy named Nuge that skateboarded down it and became kind of famous. Nuge. Yeah, Nuge. Nugent. Win. Real name Win, but you okay. know, we people called him Nuge. Famous skateboarder. And I Googled it. and But it's steeper than Lombard Street in San Francisco. It's Whoa. steeper. It's Yeah, it's the fifth steepest street. Anyways. I would say in the nine years that I've lived in this neighborhood, I have seen somewhere between 50 and 60 (laughs) trucks, moving trucks, sparklets, water delivery trucks, bread trucks, construction vehicles get stuck. The tail end, it's so steep that when the front tires go up, the back bottoms out, the back tires lift off the ground, they have to empty the trucks, and these tow trucks come up. The the asphalt has these giant claw marks from the backs of these trucks and lifting docks just... I mean, it happens all the time. I'm going to start posting photos on our stories of stuck trucks. I made a sign for the sign there that warns trucks that they clearly ignore. And I'm going to name that hill Stuck Truck Hill. And I'm hanging a sign, and it looks like a national park sign. I made it so realistic. You showed it to me. I love it. So I'm going to do that today. As soon as we're done, I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to screw it in there, hopefully not get arrested. And uh, I encourage anybody that lives in East L.A., if you're ever wandering around near Dodger Stadium or Echo Park, just keep an eye out for either a stuck truck or the stuck truck hill sign. Scotty, I mean, like, if you want, I can come, because i got to go pick up Olive anyway, and she's, she's over there. So I can come video you doing it. For the so, old gram. Yeah, Let's it's not it. illegal to do that. It's not telling anybody which direction to go. No. Let's no, do it. it's just a little sign. Somebody can Perfect. take it down if they want. Well, well, well. That sounds like a pleasant afternoon. 
Um, let's get into some of these confessions. Oh, hell yeah. In case you're new to a mini-soda, Welcome. you have your confession. You you send in your confessions. You send yes. in your, your stories, your banana stories of personal growth and hijinks. Mm-hmm. And we tell our own or just chat about them. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're anonymous. So send away. Tell us anything. If it's death, if it's a murder, we're calling the cops. We say that every time. We really mean it. For a while, when I was six, this is a great one. This might be my favorite confession we've done on a a recorded one, not a live show. Wow. For a while, when I was six, I would sneak into my older siblings' rooms when they were asleep, remove my pants, slide into their beds, and pee before putting my pants back on sneaking (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs) This is so okay. It's okay. Mission Impossible. I was it's so not good. prepped for any of this. Go ahead. Keep yes, going. Yes, it's so good. For a while, when I was six, I'd sneak into my older siblings' rooms while they were sleeping, remove oh. my pants, slide into their beds, <laughs> pee in their beds before putting my pants back on and sneaking out to make them think that they had peed their own beds. That's so crazy! <laughs> six years old. I believe my motive was to correct a power imbalance. Uh-huh. Anyhow, I quit when I was ahead, never got caught, and have never spoken to either sibling about it. No way. Great one. That is a great Bananas mini so confession. You are absolved. Uh, you're totally absolved. I love Fantastic. that. Fantastic. I love that there's been enough thought into it that it was to <laughs> to counter a, 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 bal- a power imbalance. I love yes. that. Yes. It was attention. We needed that a little more of that. Yes. It was, uh, I guess it wasn't attention because no. they never got caught. Right. It was more like, uh, oh, you think you're top Revenge. dog? Well, it looks like you piss your pants, pal. <laughs> I mean, it's so sneaky, and six-year-olds are so small. It's such like a petite, <laughs> evil crime. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my that's God. That's so tough. very, very Did you bad. ever piss a bit? Were you ever a bedwetter? No. I, I mean, I'm sure I did in the same way that little kids do up until a certain age, but no, I was uh, I was a sleeper that my parents would you know, have friends over, little dinner parties or whatever, and somebody at some point would realize I was missing, and they would start searching, and I would have gone into my room and turned off the lights and put myself in bed and tucked myself in and went to sleep. Wow. Well, no way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. You're just like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I'm still that way. (laughs) I remember my mom didn't often have people over the house because it was just me and my mom. Um, But she had a half-brother who they were like, uh, I don't want to say they were swingers, but they were, from a child perspective, they were definitely like single and living large. They smoked and drank and gambled a lot, you know? Yes. And, uh, and every once in a while, one of them, they were twins, twin brothers, um, one of them would come over. And I remember one came over and brought his date. Okay. And Spicy stuff. And she was just like a model, like yes. a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And I was yes. me, I think I was bet- probably five, four or five, but I have a clear memory of this, um, of going in and... Uh, and just continually like sneaking out of bed to like yes. give her things, uh-huh. and it was like just very clear that like uh-huh. I had a crush on this yes. fully adult woman <laughs> who's like twenty seven years old or whatever. Yes. 
But I would just like write like like make her like a like a paper airplane and like oh. sneak out of bed and like throw it at her. And I was like, that's so crazy now to think it. Like back then, I was just like, oh, this is. I had feelings that I didn't understand, and I did it. And I was like, but to think that that was what was actually happening—that I essentially was like, this is a beautiful woman, and I'm gonna try and get her attention somehow. It's interesting S- too. Like you know, we're we're big, obvious obvious supporters and fully believe that there is a huge spectrum of love and attraction. You can be many things. You can be all the way one way, all the way, or that all that middle ground. But it is funny when you have those childhood things where something about that woman was like, I am attracted to this. Like even when you don't know what it is, but I bet, I bet if you pass somebody and she today that was wearing the same perfume, it would take you back. Like even if yeah. you can't picture it now, I bet it would go right back to that. And you wouldn't understand. It would just be a confusing like, whoa, ah, ah. My God, yes. have you ever had the experience of having a dream and being in love with someone in the dream, and you, mm-hmm. and, but you've never met them at all? Like you've never seen anyone who looks like them, right? And it's just a person you've never met. And right. you are fully in love with them, and then you wake up and you realize, and it's almost like a sense of loss when you wake yes. up. Isn't that I crazy? I have had that once or twice. So some, um, yeah, what's the word? Amalgamation. Some mixed bag of every trait you've seen that becomes a human. Yeah. It's either so, that, Scotty, or it is the other universes bleeding in through our unconscious that. mind. I love that. Like, in I, another world, you are married to that person. I had a, an experience once. I was walking in Tribeca with three or four friends, and I was a little ahead of everybody. I think I was leading them to the dinner or the bar or whatever. It's pretty late night, and a woman is walking up the sidewalk towards us, fairly empty sidewalks. And we both make eye contact with each other, and we both say hi, and we both go to speak more, and then we both realize we don't know each other. And, but it was like we it was like total recognition. We said hello, and then we kept walking. And one of the women that was with me, one of my friends, jogs up and goes, "Do you know Julia Stiles?" And I go, "No." She goes, "That was Julia Stiles. You just <laughs> talked to her." And she looked at you like you guys used to hook up. And I was like, I've never met her before. And the other woman, her friend, was like, that wasn't Julia Stiles. So that woman, at the next light, runs across the street, runs up the other block, gets ahead, like two or three blocks, comes back around to pass Julia Stiles again, uh-huh. passes Julia Stiles. It was Julia Stiles. And then she's like, do you know Julia Stiles? <laughs> And I was like, no, I just look like every fourth white guy. And it happens to me a lot. But that one was, we both looked at each other. And I recognized her as a, you know, I've seen her on TV or whatever movies. Oh, oh, it was. You did recognize her. It, it wasn't just like a feeling of familiarity. I didn't know it was her when I looked at her. It was right. a feeling of familiarity. Yeah. And we said, what? She was like, hey. And I was like, hey, what's? And then we both looked at each other, like our mouths closed. And we never stopped walking. We just walked by each other. It's very tall also. And, uh, but my friend was like, like the women sensed it. They were like, "Did you two have a thing back in the day?" I'm like, "I, I'm trying to even think of a movie I know she was in. Save the Last Dance, maybe. There was, she was a, in dance a dance one. Movie. She was in a dance one. That she was, was like in a her dance first movie. One, I remember? Nice person. But yes, it was that thing where we both thought we knew each other That's in real so life, funny. and then kept on walking. Oh, I love that so much. Here's another one about a six-year-old. Child confession. I mean, the person's an adult now, but they were a child at one point. And who wasn't these days? Who wasn't? Who wasn't? I'm still a child at heart and of brain. It was the mid-90s. I was around six, and we were on our way home from vacation. 
My dad was using a payphone to try to book a hotel for the night. Classic nineties. Yeah, I mean, what a dad too. Probably had his <laughs> entertainment coupon book out. Was just like, there's a hojo. Oh my near god, Rutgers entertainment coupon book. Holy Those were a shit. big deal. That was a big deal. It was, a, it was over a thousand dollars in savings. Yes. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had a lot of friendlies with that. Uh, my dad was using a payphone to try to book a hotel for the night. I feel like he was about to get a good deal on the last room somewhere. <laughs> and I walked up and pressed the lever thing and hung up the phone. <laughs> Another How great old? one. How old was six, like six years old? Six, man. Six is it. Six is where like, you know how to do enough where you can really fuck shit up. Yes, I can. I can still feel my parents' frustration. I have no idea what I was thinking. I probably didn't even realize what I was doing. Yeah. But I've been carrying this burden for 25 uh, you years. You are absolved. It is so funny. Those are the ones. That's a sweet spot one, too. These are two great confessions. That's it. It's like, get that thing off your chest that's so, it seems unremarkable, but it's stuck with you, like a jingle from a commercial. It is, and it is so, and 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 I'm sure that your parents were frustrated in the moment, and then the moment you went to bed, they laughed about it. They laughed so hard because just recently, yes, Olive, Olive's five, um, going on a fifteen, ha ha ha. But it is very true, uh, <laughs> and. Gus found something in the dirt. It was like a, a an old toy. I had never mm. seen the toy. It was like mm. a shark, and and Olive sees it and immediately fucking wants it. Because that's just what they do, back and forth. Yeah. And she just goes, oh, Gus, what do you have? Oh, boy. She goes, oh, you know what? That is from when you were a baby. Okay. And it is not. It's just, an- yeah, it's it's just, just another junk. toy. She's just lying. Yeah. She knows she's lying. She's like, and you're not <laughs> a baby anymore. So do you really want to be a baby? Because if you don't, I could take it for you. And then he gave it to her. <laughs> That is master. It's masterful. He and like just wow. it's putting in a fear of being a baby. That's like oh, it's it's so amazing. I love that. It so much. That is a ultimate sales technique. Yeah, uh, I a guy that I knew in Pensacola. His dad was one of the great businessmen I've ever met in my life. Truly, one of the most incredible salesmen ever. And one night over dinner, he was like, "Do you want to know the secret to sales?" And I said, "Yes." He goes. One, walk in and never tell anybody while you're there, like why you were there, which is so funny. Just go, I need to speak to Kurt. And they go, and what is this about? You go, I just need to speak to him. And they go, I'm sorry, do you have a meeting? You go, I just got to talk to Kurt. So you, you just go in, so the person's uh-huh. caught off guard. They can't plan for you to come in. Then when you sit down, you only ask questions. You say, you get closer and closer to the answer that you, the salesperson, right. wants. So it's what she did. It's like, you don't want to be a baby anymore. Do you remember when you were a child and it was your toy? And it's so funny hearing that she figured that simple technique out so early. Yeah. But I do it in pitches now. I'll like, but they'll be like, hey, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. Before you're pitching TV or a movie. A lot of times I'll be like, so what are you guys excited about on your slate? What is what's something you're looking for? Like you do it in kind of this casual way that they kind of go, we're really looking to fill the animation space. We're really right, looking right. to do our Western. 
And then you, as soon as they say the thing that you're prepared for, you go, well, that is perfect because I'm pitching you a Western and it's the best one you're going to hear all day. <laughs> I have a pretty high hit rate. I sell a lot of stuff. But it's funny that Olive figured it out as a child. As a five-year-old, yeah. To and then probably lost interest. Yes. She and then and then immediately threw it on the ground. Immediately threw it on the ground. That's right. It was yeah. the thrill of victory. It was mm-hmm. the balance of power being restored. <laughs> Here's one about a ruined vacation. I love it. Um, I was on a cruise ship where a man fell overboard. Oh, my God. They spent seven hours looking for him. And then we went back to the port. They never found the body. <gasps> he fell from the 16th deck, I guess that's 16th floor, uh, and they are thinking he likely died on impact. Whoa. So yeah, of course, 16, and it's more than 16 floors up yeah. because the bottom of it, it's probably like 200 feet or something. <laughs> Who knows, but it's high. It's interesting. Seven hours looking. Back at the port that night, they had a huge neon party. Oh my god. Of course, because all these other people have already paid for their vacation and they want to have a vacation. They don't know this person. Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs) They had a neon party on the main deck. Not quite quite what I would want for my memorial, but I didn't dance. I went back to my room and went to sleep. So I said, I followed up with this banana boat, said, what is a neon party? And they said, it's like a black light, everybody wears neon <laughs> colors, like like oh disco, techno, dance party on the main floor. Oh my so God. it's exactly what you said. At some point they were like, well, there's 3,499 people still on the boat that want a party. Yeah. Oh my God. And then they, I must have gone back out. All these people paid for a... Yeah. A cruise, right? It's crazy. Yes, our our uh, friend and guest, Allison Fields, is in a commercial you can currently see on TV for Carnival Cruise Lines, the Thunderstruck commercials. <laughs> and I asked her about it. I forgot. I don't think we talked about it when she was on Bananas. Um, which was No, we did. Fun. We did. Oh, we did. We talked yeah, about yeah, Thunderstruck? Yeah. God. Yeah. Just her stories of being on a cruise ship for, I for think like seven like days or something? Seven or eight days, but then you're not, you're participating. You're forced to participate in everything interesting, the water slides, the rides, the dances, the karaoke nights, because you're in the commercial, but then you're also not there with family or friends. Yeah. That must be purgatory. That must be purgatory on Earth. Yeah. Is on a cruise ship where you don't know anybody and you have to participate. You have to do all the things. It's just just the worst. Yeah. And it's like, it's not unfun, but it's also not what you want to be doing, so you're just kind of torn. And it's not like... And I don't. Maybe correct me if you're if I'm wrong. I don't know. It, it's not like there's a ton of single people who go by themselves on a cruise yes. to meet other people. It's mostly people who go with people they know. Yeah. So it's not like there's anyone un, unattached to a group in some way. So you're just alone in yes. a, in a very real way. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking too. It's just like this constant loneliness where there is food in every direction and <laughs> entertainment in every direction and alcohol and views and yet you're like in your own world. It that yeah, that's my that guess. Must if purgatory, purgatory exists. Man. That's purgatory. That, and maybe maybe it exists right now. I wonder that is a really fucking great purgatory for a movie, a cruise mm-hmm. a, a completely empty cruise ship where everything is turned on and ready to go. So you can yeah. have anything you want, yeah. but there is like no joy in any of it. Yes, it's like yes, it feels it like as soon as 
Allison was describing it to me, I was like, that feels like you're in between things. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I know a lot of, um, I know a lot of performers who would do that. Um, and that was their gig for months and months and months where they would do two shows a week. Oh, really? You never did that? I never did it. No. Yeah. Uh, because they would tell me it's just like, it's like the first one is awesome. You go to Bermuda, you go out for, you go do do your shows. The shows suck, but who cares? It's two for the week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then like by the fifth time, it's just like, just brutal, just (laughs) brutal sadness. Yeah, I think Allison said like on karaoke nights, the same people would sing the same songs consecutive nights in a row. Like oh, it was wow. like, it's my time to shine again. And it's like, I'm going to sing Here I Go Again on My Own Again. <laughs> because it might be purgatory. I've never been. Oh, We've mentioned man. a Bananas Cruise a long time ago. And a lot of people were like, please, dear God, do it. If we get to might. that scale, I would love we to should do it. Do it. We I think we can it. do I think we can totally do it soon. Because oh, like I said last time, it's like I did a Max Fun cruise. I think there were 200 people for I that see. thing. So it was other people were on the boat, but it was like oh. for the for the event, it's only 200 people in the festival. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's kind of fun. And so then you have like you have like one theater that's just blocked off all day for three days straight. I see. That and could be fantastic. We could bring three different guests. We could mix yep. and match. I, I have different some in mind podcasts, that I think. Friends yeah. of the Pod, that sort of thing. Maybe we figure this out, but maybe it's an easy one. Maybe, I mean, there are cruise ships from Long Beach in LA now, but there's some from Red Hook. There's yeah. some from, I mean, if we're going to do it, we have to do like Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas and back. Like, we have to do yeah. cruise. Yeah. Classic cruise. Classic cruise. Um, get a photo with a parrot on your head and a guan on your shoulder. I'm going to get braces again just to have a feel, because that's the only picture I have of a, where a parrot on my shoulder is me with braces and yes. and, uh, and one of those those strips that hangs your uh, sunglasses. The croakies. You know I mean? The croakies. Oh, yeah, croak, floating croakies, of course. I'll post it. Well, sh- guys, yeah. there it is. We did another well- mini-sode. We're going to do a tour soon. <laughs> live soon from Purgatory. <laughs> live from Purgatory. Live from Purgatory on a that. cruise ship. We'll figure this out. We're, it might take a little doing, but we'll get there. Yeah, 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 when you're hearing this six months from now, maybe it's already happening. That's right. Thank you to everyone exactly right. Thank you to our producer, Katie Levine. Thank you to our intern, Lisa Maggot. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.